When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. Today, once again, we've seen silver and gold getting smashed down. Silver, as I record this video, is around 1580. Gold is around, let's see here, 12, like 1243, kind of bounce off of 1243. You know, I put out a video last week titled, How Low Will Silver Go? And kind of answering that question, I basically said that, you know, the bottom was in for the market around 1580. Okay. And, and it did kind of bounce off that 1580, 1575 that conceivably, you know, there was some, some more support around 1560, but I didn't see silver dropping below that. And I'm kind of doubling down on that in this video today that I still, I still don't see silver heading a whole lot lower. Now, if it does, if it drops to 1550, $15, under $15, am I going to lose sleep over that? No, certainly not. If anything, I'm going to be happy for you guys because I know a lot of you guys are, are still buying, myself included, and and buying silver at a cheaper price. So you're, you're getting it on sale. And that kind of brings me to the title of this video. Silver, anything under $20, I still consider to be cheap. I still consider that to be a steal. Now, does that mean that I wouldn't buy silver above $20, me personally? No, I, I would reconsider um, how much I'm going to be buying each week or month or whatever pace I'll be at at that point in time. Um, but, you know, where it's at right now, I see it as a no-brainer. You know, I think this is a good time. I, I have a disclaimer in the description of every video, but a good time to remind you guys that this is not official investment advice. I'm not a certified financial advisor or anything like that. Um, this is just kind of my own, I guess, speculation, opinion on on where the market is right now. Um, but I do believe that under $20 is a steal for silver. And the idea of buying it in the $15 range, um, I think a lot of us are going to look back at this as as such a buying opportunity. You know, it's 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 hard to see it right now. You know, if you look at a price for silver, uh, a chart for silver of the last year, you know, over the last year, I'm looking at a chart right now, dating back to, so we'd be looking at back to, to July of 2017. The high since then, it's been around $18, right? And the low, well, it was about a year ago around where silver is right now, you know, in the 15, 80, maybe 15, 60 dollar mark um, in, in July of 2017. It hasn't done a whole lot, right? And so the idea of thinking, you know, wow, I I, I bought it on, on sale back in July of 2017, you know, you might be looking at me thinking, you know, that's, it hasn't done anything since then. It's basically even since then. However, you know, it, it still continues to astound me for both silver and gold that they are not being more appreciated by the the, the broader investing community, by, by institutional investors and big money in this day and age. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are big institutions, big buyers of silver and gold right now. Some of the biggest of them all. I'm talking about the, the uh, Chinese government and their continued hoarding of gold, even though you won't see it reflected in the official uh, People's Bank of China numbers. I, I had Lewis from from Smile Gold, which is very he's very familiar with the Chinese gold market and and how much they're accumulating. He's basically saying that no, I mean they continue to import gold, 
They continue to produce a bunch of gold domestically, mine it, and for the most part, they're hoarding that, whether it's individual investors, wealthy investors, sovereign wealth funds, um, or, or just other government-linked or owned subsidiaries. They're still accumulating gold, right? Um, and, and the same goes for the Russian government to some extent and, and some other world governments. But even silver, again, one of the largest banks in the world, J.P. Morgan Chase, is still uh, has a ton of silver, and they—they, they, I don't know what their buying habits have been as of late, but you know, dating back to 2012, you know, they've they've accumulated a massive hoard, which I believe they actually own physical silver, upwards of 130, 140 million ounces on the books, and potentially much, much more off the books. There are big buyers of silver and gold out there, and they're not buying this silver and gold because it's going to be even from where it is right now, you know, five years in the future, 10 years in the future. I mean, it continues to astound me that, sure, you know, back in, in, in 2013, 2015, 2017, it made a lot of sense, I think, to buy silver and gold, even if they haven't done the best since then, okay? Today, I think it makes even more sense because you have a extremely low valuation for both metals and you have a ton of really just bearish news in, in the global economy, right? I have a video that I'm publishing tomorrow, and, and basically in that video, one, one of the big topics I'm talking about is, is how in the U.S., a lot of investors, analysts, etc., are kind of keeping their head in the sand to some of these worldwide um, events, whether it's struggling emerging markets, uh, rising rates, tightening of, of central banks, including the, the Federal Reserve, uh, and of course the trade war, that they'll pay attention to these headlines, but they're not realizing that these could be the thing that pops the this global everything bubble, right? They're, they're not taking them as seriously as they should right now. Um, and instead, they're, they're doing crazy things like going into tech stocks, right? Or, or going into the housing market. When personally, I think it makes a lot more sense to go into something like precious metals, a real safe haven investment. Now, do, do I think that silver and gold are always going to beat out stocks or bonds? or No, not necessarily. But, you know, in today's day and age, with, with stocks being where they're at in terms of valuation to, and, and, and not only to their current earnings, but their prospective earnings a year or two from now when, when, we, when we could be in a, in a recession um, or, or bonds yielding right now in the U.S. around 3% for a lot of them. I, I think gold and silver make a lot of sense when you compare them to, to the valuations of some of these other, uh, these other assets. Um, and we're also seeing a lot of data recently that that inflation is, even according to the the government, is rising. Um, I think they make a lot of sense. Now, you know, I saw a article over on Zero Hedge. You know, another thing to kind of keep in mind. Um, well, I'll get to that in a second. First of all, um, talking about the global economy. You know, I received a comment the other day. I've seen some other people talk about this sentiment in the past, but but this guy commented and basically said, you know, one of the big things that he's hesitant about in terms of investing in gold and silver right now is that he sees this huge debt bubble in the global economy. A huge debt bubble, the sovereign, the consumer, the corporate level. Um, but what he's concerned about is that when that debt bubble pops, that if anything, we'll be experiencing a lot of deflation versus inflation and that this deflation in theory would cause the price of silver and gold to to drop a ton now that that could be true if there was a ton of deflation i'm not sold in that idea that silver and gold in that scenario would drop a whole lot compared to other assets and currencies 
Um, well, currencies would actually, you know, in theory, gain in a deflationary environment. Um, I'm not sold on that. I, I think that there would be a still a strong appetite for safe haven assets like silver and gold. Okay. However, you know, I've said for a long time on this channel that I think that when this debt bubble pops or when it when it falls apart, it's it's going to be a very brief um, period of deflation, right? Even even during the financial crisis in in you know the the, the Great Recession back in 2008 2009, um, even the pop in the bubble back then only led to a small amount of this debt actually being deleveraged or, or wiped off the balance sheet. Right, a very small amount of deleveraging, deleveraging, and yet it almost caused the global economy to completely collapse. And since then, we've seen more and more debt being created, more and more currency essentially being created, right? Inflation, okay? And that's going to be the same thing that happens the next time around, I think, that 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 we're going to have another deflationary moment, whether it's in, in the financial markets. Uh, well, it will be in the financial markets. Whether it's this, it takes the same form as it did before, it's, it's hard to say. Is it going to be centralized in the U.S. or the EU or China? It's hard to say. But I think we can be pretty confident in saying that the Federal Reserve and, and, and the U.S. government and other world governments, world central banks, are not going to respond by allowing it to run its course, right? Just like in 2008, they didn't let this run on the, the virtual, you know, the, the money markets or whatever, the run on the banks, essentially. They didn't let this run its course, right? No, they intervened, right? They had massive bailouts, right? They had quantitative easing, and they lowered their interest rates to, you know, 0% or negative real rates. Um, they're going to do the same thing the next time around, right? And that's going to be inflationary. You know, I've said this so many times on this channel, that this is going to be an inflationary collapse, I believe, because, you know, by their nature, I think the Fed and, you know, central banks in general and federal governments in general always want to kick the can down the road, right? And it's much, much easier to do that by instituting inflationary policies versus letting a, a economy that is unhealthy because of a mass amount of debt become healthier by deleveraging, right? That is pretty unpopular, I think. Um, and so they're going to choose the, the easier way out over the short term. That's bullish for precious metals, I see. I see that as being very bullish. You know, um, getting back to what I was talking about earlier, this this article that I saw over on Zero Hedge, again, just another, I guess, observation. Um, they uh, This was Sprott Money, I believe it was. You know, uh, is it Eric Sprott? I think it is. Um, he had an article that he put out basically showing an interesting, interesting correlation between the Chinese yuan and the U.S. dollar exchange rate and the value of gold. And that, you know, recently they've been trading pretty darn close to each other. I, I, I found that to be interesting, okay? Um, now that, that would explain a big part of why the why why gold and silver have suffered so much over the last you know month or so because the Chinese yuan has been devalued and and you know people people's bank of china says that it's not intentional but if anything they're letting it happen if not actively contributing to it now long term we have to ask ourselves how much are they going to allow it to deleverage and you know another thing to keep in mind one of the big things that we talk about a lot with the with the um People's Bank of China and, and, and their government and, and the Chinese Yuan is, you know, in this trade war, is China eventually going to resort to using the nuclear option? 
And of course, the nuclear option is dumping a portion of their reserves, particularly U.S. Treasuries, okay, because such an action would be disastrous. I mean, I think what you would have as an effect of that is that you'd have, A, the Fed would need to intervene and buy up some of these bonds, either covertly or publicly or overtly, right? Uh, because this this influx of bonds, not that they would dump all trillion plus dollars worth of them onto the market at once, but rates would go up so much that that it would be um, the, the the markets, the economy could not stomach that. The Fed, I think, would have to intervene. Okay, which would be weak. It would be bearish for the dollar, right, and 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 bullish for the yuan. Plus, you know, the yuan would be, or, or sorry, the, the People's Bank of China would be dumping these reserves onto the market, thus, I think, driving up the value of the yuan, right? That's what they've done in the past. When 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 the yuan has been devalued or it's been dropped in value or whatever, and, and they need to intervene, one of the ways that they intervene is by dumping a portion of their reserves. That's That causes the yuan to go up. And so you know, we have to ask ourselves two questions. How low are they going to let the yuan go in terms of devaluation? In many ways, if you're asking how low will gold go, Maybe that's the question to be asking right now. You know, are the two linked together in this period of time, much like the the yen and the dollar were linked in the past? And, and you know, I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to that correlation lately. Um, but but how low will the yuan go? Well, maybe that will answer the question of how low gold and, and also silver, how low will they go? And also, is the People's Bank of China going to resort to this nuclear option? And, you know, additionally, what is that going to do to the strength of the yuan versus the U.S. dollar, right? And and will that strengthening, you know, will, will the same thing play out for the gold market? And, and will we see gold and silver rise as the yuan rises? So this is long term. I mean, this is, I don't see the the People's Bank of China resorting to this nuclear option quite yet. Um, but, but over the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, you know, if this trade war continues on its current path, some people are already calling for, for actual war between the U.S. and China, which is, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I, I just don't. Um, but certainly, you know, economic war, trade wars, uh, I think ultimately will lead to a, a, a larger economic war. And certainly I think one of the, the big, um, tools or weapons that the U.S. or sorry, the China, that China has is going to be dumping their reserves of U.S. Treasury bonds. And, and I think that's going to be bullish for precious metals if this correlation continues. So, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts this video down below in the comment section. Again, I think below $20 is, is still such a steal. Getting back to the title of this video, um, I, I think, you know, long term, we're, we're going to be able to pat ourselves on the back for or buying at, at $15 or $16 an ounce, uh, especially once we see some of this inflation. It's not going to be the inflation that we're seeing right now, right? The inflation that we see um, as evidenced by, by even some of the official government numbers, that's one thing. I think the, the inflation that I'm talking about is inflation that will uh, ensue as a result of the Fed loosening their policy and, and you know, starting up the printing presses again, quantitative easing or helicopter money or whatever they're going to do to try and save the markets, save the economy when this bubble ultimately pops. And I think we're getting closer and closer. I do. Um, that's, I mean, of course, we're always going to be getting closer and closer. But, but you know, with, with some of the headwinds at the U.S. economy, I'll, I'll be talking about this some in the video tomorrow, but with some of the headwinds at the U.S. economy and the world economy is experiencing right now, you know, it's, it's feeling a lot more like 2007 than it would you know 2005 you know not that i was 
you know, watching the markets a ton back then. I was relatively young, but uh, it's, you know, with the Fed tightening and this trade war and emerging markets really just suffering, you know, I, I don't think that the U.S. economy, the U.S. markets are going to be able to remain insulated for this for a, for a whole lot longer, right? I think that's really the gist of, of where I see things going over the second half of 2018. So you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts in this video down below in the comment section. Um, as always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, and God bless.